Hey everyone, I'm Brayden Watkins, and this is Not an Imposter Podcast, a show where I interview someone who has found success in their life and career, yet still feels like an imposter. We'll talk about their achievement, their fear of failure, and how they manage it. And hopefully it will help them, you, and I feel a little less like an imposter. On the show today, I interview Chelsea Stockton, a high-performing test engineer at Qualtrics who recently switched to a software engineering role. We'll learn about why she decided to change roles and the challenges she has faced along the way. Can you introduce yourself in your own words? Hi, I'm Chelsea, and I am not an imposter. I'm currently a software engineer at Qualtrics and have been in this role for about a month. Prior to that, I worked as a software test engineer at Qualtrics for about three years. This was my first job right out of college. I graduated with a degree in information systems. Cool. So if your parents asked you, or if you had to describe to your parents what you do, what, what would you tell them? Yeah, great question. My dad has been in the software industry for about 25 years, started out as a software engineer. So I feel like he would have a pretty good idea of, of what I do. I asked my mom this and she said, I'm a, I'm a computer programmer and didn't have much more to say. So <laughs> I think she awesome. just leaves it all up to my dad to know what that means. Cool. So you, you mentioned that you were a software test engineer for three years and you recently made a transition to software engineer. And it's something that I've heard a lot in the industry is that, you know, test engineers are, are less than software engineers or they're paid less than software engineers or they're, you know, have less responsibilities. Like, why do you think that perception's there and how have you experienced that? Yeah, great question. I definitely have heard this and felt this as well. I mean, obviously there's a pay difference between the two roles, but I, I've kind of taken a step back and thought about why that might be. And I wonder if it has to do with the fact that some companies don't have test engineering roles. The developers are the ones that handle all of the, you know, the quality of the product and all of the, you know, finishing touches for releasing a new feature. I have to wonder if maybe it stems from that a little bit where some companies do without test engineers. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to, you know, for companies to do it. I think that in my experience, obviously I've worked at companies that have test engineers and I definitely feel like test engineers have their own role and their own responsibilities, and they do play like an important part in the software development lifecycle. You know, they're the ownerships of quality and really want to make sure that, you know, that's their main focus. And so they can, uh, I feel like they can just, you know, yeah, like, you know, they're the ownership of quality. And so that's the only thing that they have to focus on. And so, I don't know, I feel like they have an important role for companies that do have test engineers. It, you know, it allows developers to focus maybe more on the code that they're writing and not have to worry about, you know, the end shipping the product to customers. I've definitely experienced like this perception of being less than a software engineer. And the people who have that view, it's harder to have a relationship with them when they feel like they're better than me because, you know, we're both just doing our jobs and doing what we know is best. And so it's it's harder to work with people like that. But on the flip side, I've experienced people who really value the role of a quality engineer and see its value in the life cycle and it's awesome to work with people like that who, you know, value you and your, you know, your career and what you choose to do. And, you know, you're able to have better working relationships when you actually, you know, view each other as like equal partners in 
the software lifecycle. Gotcha. I'm curious, like you described some people who they sort of act like they're better than you and others who, who can see like the value of a test engineer. Like how, how has that like been communicated with you? Like how, like what kinds of things made it seem like they thought they were better than you versus like what kinds of things communicated to you that they, like you were valued as a test engineer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll start with ways that I felt like I was valued. This was just, I mean, having a conversation with the developer about maybe a new feature we're working on and the quality bar that we're trying to achieve. And, and then talking about, you know, just point, like just saying, Hey, I really value the test engineers and I value what you're doing for our products. And, and that's kind of, that's been my experience with that is just, you know, having a conversation about what is the role of a tester and, you know, seeing their perspective on it. On the flip side, I feel like this has been manifest different ways, but one way, especially was when I switched to a software engineer role, I felt like I had been accepted into this elite club of like, oh, you made it, like you're cool now or something like that. And I experienced that for multiple people who were software engineers and just, I don't know, I just felt like all of a sudden I'm cool now and fit in or whatever. And I don't know. I feel like that was like a pretty blatant way of seeing like, oh, I feel like you felt like what I was doing before wasn't as good as what I'm doing now. Whereas they're just, you know, different things. So mm, Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm trying to think back like at Microsoft right now, we don't have dedicated software test engineers for our team. Our sister UX team has some, some dedicated testers that will test in the, in the test, the actual application. But it, I can imagine how sharing that responsibility would actually make a really big difference as a software engineer where you you can sort of decouple a little bit like the building of the product versus the the validation and testing of the product. And I could see that being super, super valuable. So I don't know, that's really cool. So what uh, what made you decide to switch from being a test engineer to a software engineer? Yeah, so... I feel like going through school, I, I kind of wanted to get into software engineering, but I just, I didn't really feel like I was maybe smart enough or as good of a coder as other people. And, you know, my internship ended up being in, in QA and I really fell in love with testing. And, and that's, you know, kind of why I decided to go into a role as a software test engineer. And I, you know, really valued the experience that I had there. And definitely as a test engineer, I still just felt like maybe I wasn't good enough to be a developer. <laughs> and it wasn't until a manager, a, a dev manager who I had been a tester for at one point kind of just said, hey, like, would you be interested in trying on your dev hat sometime? Um, I thought that was, you know, kind of an interesting phrase, but it, you know, just like, hey, are you interested in being a developer? And it sparked like kind of a thought in my mind of, wow, someone wants me to come be on their team and be a developer for them. And I, you know, I kind of shoved it off to the side for a while and, and decided, no, I still don't think I'm good enough to do that and didn't really do anything about it. But but then he kind of nudged again a few months later and, you know, I thought about it and I had been spending, you know, a lot of time learning about the products that I work on and I treated a lot of like, you know, the backend systems kind of as like this black box where, you know, I send it an input and expect something to come out. And I've always been interested in like, you know, diving deeper and like learning how that works. And, and so I felt like, you know, switching to a software engineering role would give me that chance to really deep dive and understand our product from a much, you know, deeper level of, you know, how it actually is working behind the scenes. 
But yeah, as I was like working on this transition, I talked to someone who's been in the industry for a while and they had also started out in QA and have are now like a, a dev manager person. And they just said that, you know, as a QA, you work on testing and you find the bugs and eventually you kind of get that itch to want to be a developer and go and fix the bugs and deep dive what the problem is. And, you know, maybe in the future too, like you work as a developer for a long time and you start to want to be part of the planning and the processes that around, you know, what developers are doing and you switch to a management role. So that kind of, to me, like rung true of like, yeah, like I've kind of hit a point where I'm interested in doing more of a deep dive and understanding things at a deeper level. I also kind of felt like I, I hit a point where I wasn't really learning, where I wasn't learning anything new on the job. And that was kind of hard for me because I do enjoy learning new things and running into problems that I haven't seen before. And I just, I knew the answer to all the problems I was running into after doing that role for three years and really like trying to learn everything I could. And so this seems like a great opportunity to learn, put myself back at the bottom and have to ask lots of questions and, you know, find answers to problems that I hadn't encountered before. So that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the decision process that went into me switching. I love that. I think it's interesting how you mentioned how something that is super important or valuable to you about your career is the opportunity to learn. And the fact that you're learning things on the job, I think that for me, it's when I start a new position or a new job and I feel completely overwhelmed or like you mentioned at the bottom, so to speak, Right. where I feel most like an imposter where I'm like, I probably don't deserve to be here because everybody's talking around me about this feature or that feature or this part of our tech stack. And I it, it completely goes over my head. Right? Right. I mean, that that really rings true to me right now. This last month in this role, I've not felt like an imposter like this for a really long time. I definitely feel like I, I don't know, from all the people that I work with, I've been viewed as like a tester and like this different role and, you know, being really good at what I'm doing over there. And now I'm over here as a developer and I just don't know anything and have to ask so many basic questions where, you know, I'm used to like, oh, I knew all the answers. And so definitely, definitely feel like an imposter right now. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. Like what, even though you may feel like an imposter, what facts support that you deserve to be in your current role? That's a great question. And, you know, when I first saw that this was one of the questions, I didn't know if I deserved it or not. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I mean, some things that I'm I'm good at, I'm, I'm a really good problem solver, you know, and especially in the face of ambiguity. Like if I'm given an ambiguous problem, I'm really good at doing a good deep dive and figuring out you know, what's the root of the problem or how do we need to, you know, what's the path forward to overcoming whatever challenge we're facing. And, and I feel like that's something that, you know, is really necessary as a software engineer to, to do that deep dive. And it's not something that's easily taught as well. And so that's like, you know, a, I feel like a a skill that really helps me be in this role. And I feel like I'm also good at like unblocking myself. Like when I get stuck, like, I'm not afraid to ask people questions or push forward and, you know, figure out the answer to my question. And and I think those things really help me to feel like I do fit in this role. And, you know, I can tackle any challenge that comes my way, even though I might not be the best coder, I don't have a super strong coding, uh, like a computer science background. And so, you know, those skills will help me 
learn whatever I need to do in order to be successful. I like that. I think what you mentioned about how you're able to unblock yourself really quickly is like a a superpower, so to speak, right? I feel like when I first started a job somewhere, that's something I'm really hesitant to do because in my mind, I'm telling myself, oh, well, because I'm here, I should probably know how to do this already. And so I should just figure it out on my own. And I I would look stupid asking somebody this question, right? Right. And I I think that's something that for me is I have to sort of work really hard to overcome that tendency to just try and figure it out on my own and spend, you know, a day or two stuck on a problem that if I had maybe spent an hour or two trying it on my own and then like 15 minutes with one of my teammates, it would have been solved before lunch the first day, right? Right. So yeah, I think that's really cool. Would you be willing to share with me a recent failure? And if so, what what did you learn from that experience? Yeah. Yeah. So recently I was working on writing some API tests and I was writing in a framework I was unfamiliar with and didn't know how to talk to different services or anything that was going on. And I had talked to a very senior member of our team and I said, hey, I think I should do it this way. Like, what do you think? Because it was kind of different than what other people had been doing. But, you know, there weren't any code examples like a copy of what I wanted. And, and he, you know, kind of said, no, I don't think you should do it that way. Like, do it this way. And told me, you know, very specifically a way that I needed to, you know, do this code. And so I spent like half a day, maybe even a whole day, just really trying to get this working of what this senior developer had told me to do. And at the end of the day, I just, I was completely stuck. (laughs) And finally, I just, you know, decided to ask a different developer. And, you know, after 10 minutes, they helped unblock me and I was able to move forward. And, you know, and I ended up going a completely different route than what that other senior developer had told me. And I feel like, I don't know, just kind of the failure there on my part was just taking what someone told me as like truth and just being like, oh, this is the way, go and do it versus like questioning like, oh, why am I doing it this way? Because I mean, we were just talking about getting yourself unblocked. I definitely felt like I was like, oh, I I can do this. Like I can push through it. Like someone told me this should work Um, and, you know, ended up wasting a day on it all for nothing. And I don't know, I just think that I need to, I think I learned from that, I need to be a little bit more confident in my abilities and not just accept people who have more experience in what they say, you know, because I, you know, have other ideas. And so I need to make sure I really understand what, you know, they're getting at before I just move forward with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's super true. And I think I've had the same experience where I'll come to my manager and be like, this is how I think this should be done. And he'll have an immediately strong opinion, completely the opposite of what I was thinking. And I I think when I first started my role, I would have been like, oh, okay, I was wrong. You were right. I'm going to do it your way. But then be confused for the first little bit until I finally figure out what he's trying to say. Right. But I've noticed recently, like, as I've gained more confidence and gained more experience that I'm a lot more likely to say, well, no, I actually think that this is the right way and, or the better way to do it. And this is why, and this is my context. And, and I've you know spent more time in this area of our product. And this is why I think this. And more often than not, like as I push back, even though he had a strong initial opinion, he'll say, yeah, you're, you're right. That was the right way to go about it. Or that's the better way of doing it. So I think that's super valuable. Oh, sorry. I can totally relate to what 
what you just said, because I feel like in my previous role, you know, at the beginning, I didn't know things. And as I gained more confidence, I was more like willing to push back and say, hey, no, like, I, I really don't think it should be done that way. And I feel like I just starting this new role, found myself back in that, you know, feeling insecure about what I'm doing and accepting what other people are, you know, saying. So definitely something that I need to learn again, how to be more, you know, confident as I gain more experience. Yeah, I love that. All right. Kind of final last question. You are three years into your career and out of school, and you've had some experience. So if you could go back and tell your pre-college self one thing that would help you through school, that would help you getting an internship through your internships into your full-time position, what would it be? Uh, yeah, I just tell myself to be confident in my abilities. I feel like a lot of the times I doubt myself or I don't think that I'm good enough to do something and and I even still face it. So I should tell myself that now. But especially pre-college, you know, I wasn't confident in taking the harder classes or trying to get the internship. And, you know, I found that over time, like I was able to get the internship. I was able to get the full-time job. You know, I was able to move on as a software engineer and definitely just being confident and things will work out. I like that. I'm thinking back to when I asked, you know, what facts support the fact that you're in your current role and and the the strengths that you shared with me were love problem solving and can get unblocked by asking the right questions and i think those are things that no matter where you are in your role whether you're just starting a new project or on a new team or at a new company or back in school when you were starting a new difficult class like those are things that you carry forward with you and help you face like whatever new challenges there are like it's not those those abilities don't diminish even if you feel like your technical skill or knowledge maybe isn't fully developed for the task that you're working on at the time totally so cool well i i appreciate you coming on and sharing yeah. your experiences with us happy to be here <laughs> i can definitely say you are not an imposter Thank you. <laughs> I need to hear that. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to contact me, you can reach out at notanimposterpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you'll join me next time. And until then, remember, you are not an imposter.